Welcome to a VO2 Lounge short. Uh, this episode is going to be giving you four New Year's resolution ideas of which I have already covered uh, in a full length episode previously with one additional bonus tip that is more of a concept to follow rather than a tip in itself. So tip number one, or should I say tip or should I just say something to strive for? Yeah, let's change it to that. Something to strive for number one increasing your hours of sleep this one isn't sexy and lots of people try to shortchange their sleep as they want to make the most out of their day but there's a reason evolution has made it so we spend one third of our lives asleep assuming you are getting adequate sleep of eight hours poor and inadequate sleep essentially anything less than eight hours but sub seven is kind of the tipping point has been shown to affect essentially every negative outcome you can think of, from all-cause mortality to mental state and increasing weight gain. There's simply no benefit to constantly getting less sleep, as at the end of the day you are likely to try and catch up on the weekend or suffer the consequences in the long run. I should say that catching up on the weekend is not an adequate substitute for sleeping 8 hours a day in the week and through the weekend. A good starting point would be to ensure you are in bed for at least eight hours every day, not on your phone but actually asleep, trying to get to sleep at least. At roughly the same time every day is what you should aim for and then progressing to around eight and a half to eight hours and 45 minutes in bed if you can do it. As Sleep opportunity is critical. Eight hours of sleep a day doesn't mean being in bed for eight hours. It actually means being in bed for something like eight and a half hours to actually allow you to fall asleep and spend eight hours completely asleep. There are obviously times when it's not uh, possible to do this and you may go to bed slightly later on the weekend, but do your best is the key thing. If nine days out of ten you're getting eight hours of sleep and then you maybe get six one day or five then it's not ideal but that is okay in comparison to getting six every day and then one day getting five it is going to benefit you to no end increasing the amount of sleep that you get and it's something that is moderately easy to do it all it requires is discipline but just to get into bed earlier and say no to an ex extra episode of tv or whatever it is obviously if you're going out and socializing with friends that again is a benefit but if you're ensuring that most days you're getting the eight hours the day you do go out with friends and maybe you only get five or six or interrupted sleep or whatever it is it's not as big a deal if you're already short changing sleep so idea number two increasing your vo2 max through an increased amount of cardiovascular training Putting it simply, this is the maximum oxygen uptake, often measured in milliliters of oxygen per minute per kilogram of body weight. If you're talking about uh, relative VO2 max, then you may hear absolute, which is just liters per minute. Uh, This is the granddaddy of all health interventions other than adequate sleep, which fundamentally without it, you would die. Where you you can live without exercise, but you're just not going to live as well. Why is it so important? Well, having an elite level VO2 max has shown in studies a five-fold reduction in all-cause mortality. For reference, an elite level VO2 max reading would 
be people in the top 2.5% of their age group. You may think in response to this, well, that's never going to be me. Well, wait for this. There's also a big benefit around 3x, so a threefold reduction for people going from being completely deconditioned to just an average level of cardiovascular fitness. The crux of all this is how dangerous it is to be sedentary. Just walking for 30 minutes every day or picking up a hobby sport could be enough to drastically improve your life expectancy and quality of life. Not just to mention the physiological benefits of human interaction around sport. Sorry, the psychological benefits of just interacting with people in sport. Idea number three, weight training. Strength is another another measurable metric that tracks well with the quality of life and reduction in all-cause mortality, especially as we age and atrophy begins to set in. People can often find it hard to motivate themselves to go to the gym, but finding a way to start, even if it's small, can reap huge benefits. Um, Several studies have demonstrated that performing only a single set three times per week is effective for increasing strength and hypertrophy. And the American College of Sports Medicine, uh, ACSM, even states that the performing a single set two to three times per week can be beneficial, especially for older individuals and novice trainees, so just amateur lifters, people who haven't lifted before. So even if it's some push-ups, pull-ups and air squats for a couple of sets a couple of times per week, you're going to see a benefit. Then once things settle in, who knows, you might get hooked or you might really get into it or talk to some friends about it and actually start going to the gym. But it's just that small initial step to get used to it, get some conditioning in and then maybe even see some differences in your body composition and muscles in places that you didn't know you actually had muscles and then that's the spark to things. Now idea number four is diet related. Uh... Diets all have one thing in common, and that's usually some form of cult following. So I found it hard sometimes to sift through information on them, and talking about them is often tricky. Uh, In general, your diet has a huge potential to affect various negative health outcomes like cancer, cardiovascular disease, and type 2 diabetes. Uh, Keeping your diet simple and home cooking is often the best way to achieve a healthy, balanced diet. So I was trying to kind of look through some of my notes and kind of dig out a key kind of takeaway or point. Um, And this is it. A good rule of thumb is that that I use quite often is to intake between 30 grams and 50 grams of protein with every meal with an aim of achieving a minimum of 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight per day, increasing up to 2 grams if you can, if you can manage it, especially if you're doing um, a lot of sport or trying to gain muscle mass or losing weight and trying to preserve lean mass. Uh, This 30 to 50 grams per meal helps trigger muscle protein synthesis and helps dramatically with feelings of hunger as you you are exiting the catabolic phase, especially uh, after you've fasted. So when you have breakfast in the morning, having this big stimulus from protein intake can exit that kind of catabolic phase where your body is effectively consuming some of your muscle and stores in general. 
this is beneficial for everyone from bodybuilders to marathon runners and just average active people and can help getting the rest of your diet in check because once you're um, utilizing so many of your calories from protein and the thermogenic effects of it and all these other things it just makes the rest of the diet easier to follow so increasing your protein intake to 1.5 2 grams per kilogram or 30 to 50 grams per meal would be a good starting point and a good idea as a new year's resolution i suppose and finally the final bonus point which is not a tip or it's more of a concept that i follow really and that is finding a reason i heard it i forget where but it to me something i've reflected on and it really stands true um, I've seen the best improvements in my health, fitness and body composition when I had a real reason to do so. When I was playing rugby, I was the strongest I had ever been as it pushed me to go to the gym more and train harder. When I became a cyclist, I had the best VO2 max I'd ever had and I was the leanest I had ever been. When I wanted to le- be lean and muscular for vanity and self-confidence, I made negligible progress. When you have a reason to do something, you often cast a much longer term view and worry less about the changes you make on a day to day basis. Plus, in the case of cycling, just spending one to four hours a day on the bike, four to six days a week, made weight loss inevitable. So I didn't really have to think about it. I wasn't counting out calories. I wasn't worried about which foods are best for like optimizing weight loss. It was just the sport itself requires you to be lighter, utilizes a bunch of energy, and the end result is you just get lighter. Obviously, if you're already extremely light, it's not the case. But what I'm trying to say is finding something you actually enjoy that makes a positive contribution to your health, like five-a-side football, it could be pick-up basketball, it could be tennis, it could be running as part of a club, and the adaptions will follow. You'll be surprised how much easier things become when you're focused more on getting better at a sport, beating one of your friends at something, or just having fun, rather than sat there trying to research the optimal fruits that is going to help you lose weight, and every day waking up and looking at the scale and seeing the fluctuations and getting stressed out about all of it. And with that, thank you for listening to today's short. If you want to learn more, then I have a full-length episode dedicated to each one of these topics already, uh, other than the finding your reason. This is a kind of a new concept, and I can't really dedicate an entire episode to it. Before you go, though, why not follow the podcast and leave it a rating wherever you get your podcasts from, or even better, share it with a friend. For any comments, feedback, or if you would like to suggest a topic for future episodes, I can be contacted at vo2lounge at gmail.com. And with that, I will see you in the next one.